Hey everybody, welcome to our special presentation on trading calendar spreads for income. Let's quickly get our disclaimer information out of the way. Let you know the presentation has been made for educational purposes only. We're not broker dealers or financial advisors. We're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial and please make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Uh, also note that in the presentation, uh, consider the uh, trades to be hypothetical computer simulated trades. They believe this to be as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind that live results can vary from simulated results for many, many different reasons. So let's get started here. Welcome to our special presentation on calendar spreads for income. My name is John Locke. I'm also here with our chief options trading instructor and mentor, Stephen Hammett. Hello, Stephen. Hey, John. Hey, everybody. All right. Uh, I can tell you, if, and I'll speak for myself and Stephen, that we're both extremely excited to share this information with you today about calendar spreads. Uh, we have four things on the agenda. We have uh, first, Stephen and I are, we have a presentation for you about calendars. Now, as you'll see, calendars are a very in-depth subject and we only have about an hour here today. Therefore, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you as much information as we can in our time together. And along the way, we'll also show you how you can access our calendar program should you find that you want more information. Uh, second, I have a winning trade example for our winning trade subscribers that I promised to finish, and I'll go ahead and do that. Third is questions. We have questions that were pre-posted in the forum, and we have questions that you guys can give us during the presentation. So if you have any questions or comments you'd like to make, simply throw that into the chat, and we'll be looking at that, and I'll do my best to answer everything that's there. And lastly, we're going to have a special offer for those of you who'd like to learn how to use calendar spreads to increase their returns uh, and your consistency. Now, let's start by just saying that, you know, I'm guessing that a lot of you probably, it's not your first webinar about trading calendar spreads. So the first thing I want to mention is that if you failed trading at these types of structures in the past, it's not your fault. There's a lot of misinformation out there about calendars and that can make things extremely confusing because you know who knows what to believe, right? So for example, you've probably been told things like calendars are going to make money when implied volatility goes up or that calendars are a great volatility hedge because they're positive vega, which certainly sounds plausible, especially if it's coming from an educator. But I'm here to tell you that it's simply not true. The fact is that yes, sometimes calendars can make money with an implied volatility rise. However, it's also just as common, if not more common, for a calendar to lose money when implied volatility spikes. Meaning that if you're depending on your calendar to give positive vega to your portfolio or as an implied volatility hedge, you've got a problem. Now, this doesn't mean that the people telling you things uh, are lying to you. As a matter of fact, most people are under informed with calendars as well as educators. I think it's more likely that these traders and these educators who say these things are simply recycling information they've heard in the past that seems plausible without actually going on and verifying that information. Meaning they don't truly know the dynamics of the calendar spreads, nor do they understand how to interpret what their analytical software is telling them. And unfortunately, if you do the same thing as a trader, 
If you put all your faith in information that seems plausible without personally verifying it, you're setting yourself up to do damage to your account. See, the reality is that calendars are extremely complex creatures. And there's so much information regarding calendars that many times following that information is the thing that is literally keeping you from achieving the type of success you desire in your trading. This being the case, it's very likely you've had problems making money with any consistency using calendars in the past, which would be no surprise because, you know, after all, you're using, you're following bad advice. But Stephen and I are here to fix all that. We want to let you know that you can make you can make it as a trader. You can effectively utilize calendar spreads in your trading. You just need the right information um, and the right people to explain it to you. Realize that many of the people who sell trading programs and trading services, they want you to think that all you need to do to be successful is to find the right trading plan or the right indicator. And they say that because that's what people are looking for, right? So they tell you, you know, all you need to do is back test and follow the same set of trading rules all the time and you'll make money consistently. And not only will you make it consistently for now, but you'll also make it consistently forever into the future, which, which sounds great, right? Who wouldn't buy that? We'd all like to believe that we can develop the holy grail indicator or strategy and have something that consistently makes money through any conceivable situation simply by following this set of rules where we don't have to make any uh, other outside decisions. Now, the interesting thing is that, we, is that we can actually create this perfect strategy and we can do it easy enough in backtesting, right? We can backtest and we can fine tune strategies. And when we fine tune strategies, what we're actually doing is we're form fitting our rules and we're doing this and we're making all the decisions at the right time. But unfortunately, even though we can make this wonderful looking trading strategy and back testing, live trading doesn't work that way. Making exceptionally high returns or even moderate returns in the live market consistently for long periods of time requires much more than trades and much more than following a set of trading rules. Look, if there's one thing that you should realize based on the last 10 years, if you've been following the markets at all, is that the markets change drastically. Not only do they shift back and forth between certain types of environments, but they also change in ways we've never experienced before. If you look at the financial crisis in 2008, that event changed markets, right? Markets is stuff they never did before. If you look at the record low implied volatility that followed in 2013, not only is that a shift of environment, but it also set records with implied volatility levels and implied volatility skew curves. Then we had Brexit in 2016, which had some interesting uh, things happening there. We had the implied volatility events of 2018, right? In early 2018, um, the volatility shift we had was extreme and it blew up um, volatility products, right? Products that were designed to uh, designed and back-tested by teams of highly educated implied volatility experts and said this could never happen, right? Um, and remember the hedge funds that blew up at the same time period, right? The hedge funds that uh, for long periods of time, they had success. 
And then there was the second crash in 2018 where we got a similar uh, price movement, but implied volatility reacted completely differently. Meaning that, you know, even though the price movement was similar, um, the things that people came up with to fix the problems of early 2018, those very same things were actually detrimental in late 2018. Again, the market's doing things it's never done before. And if, then of course we have COVID in 2020 and uh, the type of price cycles we're getting today. Record things, new things happening. Realize that all these events had something in common. And that thing they had in common is the market acted in ways it had never acted before. And I can guarantee you that um, the market will continue to do things it's never done before. That's the one guarantee that I can make, including things that we probably can't even fathom. This being the case, we can't expect to form fit an indicator or form fit a set of rules to the past through backtesting, right? Which is always the case. When we fine tune a strategy through backtesting, we are by definition form fitting that strategy to the past. We can't do that and then expect those same rules to continue to perform the same way into the future, regardless of the context of the market. Now, don't get me wrong. There are many, many great reasons to backtest. There are many great reasons to develop and utilize trading strategies. But using backtesting as evidence to gain confidence and convince yourself that your uh, indicator or your rule set's going to work consistently and forever into the future, that's not a good reason, right? Matter of fact, you're just fooling yourself when you're doing that. Now, I know this may come to a shock for many of you because in the past, that's exactly what you've been told. You've been told to rely on back tests, rules, and indicators to make consistent money rather than being told or taught how to understand positioning and market context. And while it's true that when you're a new, when you're new as a trader, backtesting and following rules is a necessary learning exercise, right? We advocate that very much within our GO membership when we're dealing with uh, or talking with our intermediate and beginner traders. It's essential that we go through that process for that type of trading. But doing so with the expectation that that's all there is, right? With the expectation that um, I'm gonna find a set of rules, I'm gonna follow those rules, and I'm gonna make money consistently, that expectation is gonna stop you from being consistently profitable. That's right, your backtesting and rigid rule following once you reach a certain level is a problem. And it's very likely the reason you're, uh, if you're experiencing inconsistency, that's probably the reason. Um, but I can tell you that's about to change. So our objectives in this presentation, for beginners, is to drastically reduce the amount of time, money, and effort it takes you to become profitable through understanding the dynamics of calendar spreads. And for our more advanced traders, our objective is to reveal the tools and understandings you need to effectively utilize calendars in your positive theta trading and finally become consistently profitable traders. And since we're here to help you, one of our goals in the next 60 minutes is to get you to realize that you will not achieve consistent results over long periods of time by simply following rule sets. In order to get those consistent results that most of us desire, if we wanna do that over long periods of time, we need to learn to identify and to adapt our strategy. In order to adapt, we need to develop a deep understanding of our positionings, uh, based on market conditions. 
this essential understanding is the key to achieving the consistent results you desire. And today, we're going to further that understanding through working with calendar spreads. So let's bring Stephen in on this conversation. He's going to dive into some of the critical information you need to know in order to profit from calendar spreads and tell you about um, our special calendar course that I developed back in March exclusively for our pro traders. Now, when I developed this course, it was for pros only, pro members only. Um, I never intended to release the course to the public um, or people outside of the membership. and um, but after the positive feedback and you know the results we've seen with traders and after many requests to make it available outside the pro membership, uh, we've decided to finally release this program. So listen up and uh, Stephen and I are gonna share some useful information about the calendars and some of the highlights of our calendar program as well. So I'm gonna ask Stephen to come on now. Hey, Stephen. Hey, John. Uh, let me, um, uh, I think I have to stop sharing, possibly. And then you can uh, share. I might be able to take it. Let me see if I can just do it from here. Let me know if you can see. Yes, I see your PowerPoint. Um, Let's get program. it going. Okay, and you see the presentation version? I do. Presentation mode, okay. Thanks, John. That was that was a great intro into what we want to dig in today. And, and I, I want to highlight a couple of points John made, and then we're going to really dig in some details. So this is, this is where it's going to get fun or more fun. So for those that aren't familiar with calendars, I wanted to just start real basic. So um, the these are risk graphs, right? There are three risk graphs. One on the right uh, is the calendar. And I want people to take note of what it looks like and then compare it to what probably most people uh, who are on today trade broken wing butterflies or butterflies in campaign style in some form or fashion. And then if you look over in the upper uh, left, they're overlaid. And what's interesting that you could, you take away from it is, you know, one thing you could say is, well, there's more risk in the calendar to the downside. Uh, the calendar has more room to the upside. If we stay under the tent, maybe the BWB makes more money. So those could be some very simple observations we could make about this, but all of those observations depend. They're not um, absolute facts. And what John alluded to was the calendars are a very um, interesting creature. And you can't just simply overlay these two things and draw some simple conclusions and say, this is the trade I wanna do based on you know, risk uh, or how much I can make if the market stalls, so on and so forth. So I just wanted to lay that out for those who hadn't seen a calendar. And also at least, this is the kind of analysis you should at least be doing when you're looking uh, at different trades. Absolutely. Okay, so John alluded to this topic, edge, right? We're all looking for edge in the market. And once we find an edge in the market, then our job is to take advantage of it and execute it until that edge changes. And the first thing you have to recognize is that trading edges do change. That's one thing that is a guarantee in the market. Trading edges are going to change. Okay, and so our job is to find when market edges change, they simply are moving 
it's our job to find where that edge moved to. So I'm going to make the assumption that many of you attending the day are finding that calendars are working pretty well, whether it's in the SPX or, or the Russell or, or maybe some of the other products. There's some edge in that right now, but that edge won't always be there. So with calendars, that edge can really come and go. It can come and go in the middle of a, a, what I'll call an, an edge environment. You may have a period where that goes away and it comes back and it's, it shifts very quickly. And without really understanding how calendars work and what's driving the components, you can really get yourself in some trouble. On the other hand, if you do understand those things, you can make really outsized returns. And I think John can really speak to that. And we'll go over some examples. Uh, there's an example in the course and then some examples. Well, we had an more. NDX trade in the pro membership last year that made an yep. insane amount of money. I mean, yeah. hundreds, and, and hundreds of percent. Yeah, That doesn't happen without understanding. And it's not uh, necessarily, you know, market movement and Delta and those sorts of things. But we'll, we'll dig in deeper. But I want to set the stage. So... What calendars, really understanding calendars do is not only helps you understand um, how calendars work, but how the market is working, specifically in the options market, and how implied volatility drives things. And this is one of those foundational courses that even if you never traded calendars, you would still want to understand the behavior of the components of the calendar, because there's lots of things it could tell you about what's happening in the market. And this cause and effect between the different components act, acting on each other is critical to the success in a calendar or any, any trade. You know, I know John sometimes looks at calendars and I'll do the same and I may end up trading a butterfly or broken wing butterfly because of the information I derive from the calendar, what I'm seeing in the marketplace. So it's not, I just want to broaden out and say, it's not just about calendars and putting on a calendar trade, but it's much broader than that. And pulling apart those components is the critical key to that. Okay. So John mentioned this is a course so we're going to talk about in detail, but I want to let you know what's in this course. It's a seven part video series. There's five hours of action packed content and lots and lots of examples. And right, what, so, uh, how do you spend five hours on calendars, right? Everybody's yeah. looking for the quick answer. What's the yeah. two word answer that's going to tell me how to trade calendars? It's yeah. much more complex than that. Yeah, we, we, we could certainly sit here and say, here's what's working today. Here is the rule set, go trade it. And then when things, quote unquote, the edge changes, like we, we discussed just previously, then what are you going to do? You know, it's just the, it's, the, it's the flavor of the month. We're not interested in the flavor of the month. We're interested in really understanding when their calendars, when is their edge in trading calendars and when is there not? And when I know there's not edge trading in calendars, then I know there's probably edge in trading something else, butterflies, uh, broken wing butterflies, or maybe even uh, more directional things. So in those five hours, John really dives deep in pulling this thing apart, the calendar dynamics. It's uh, how time, implied volatility, front cycle, back cycle strikes, how they all interplay and interact uh, together and off of each other in, in certain market conditions. And then John also talks about potential tactics you could trade, uh, you could use as, as adjustments if you were doing a strategy that required adjustments um, and how you would manage those through a changing environment. We talked about edges come and go and they could certainly come, come and go in the middle of a campaign, depending on how long um, 
your your calendar trade is. It could be short term, it could be medium or long term. You could you could change environments back and forth because there can be a high level of sensitivity in that kind of trade. And of course, John's going to go over the benefits and drawbacks of each of those tactics, and he'll let you know what he favors uh, and when he favors it. Because I think that's critical. You know, it's one thing mm-hmm. to give a laundry list of tactics and adjustment strategies, but it, it's another to say this is when this one is more favorable than the other and why. So I think that's a very, very big advantage. And finally, once you get through this course, you will be able to develop an easy methodology to construct your own trades, meeting your own risk objectives. And it could be, like I said, long-term or short-term calendars or a mix thereof, depending on how you see the market environment. So that's a high level of what's in this course. Now let's dig a little bit deeper into uh, the topics. So there's four main sections that I grouped it into. Like I said, it is seven part series and five hours, but basically the first section discusses the dynamics and drivers of the calendar. When I talk about that, what we're saying is John pulls apart the components, right? The front month cycle, the back, back month cycle, what's happening between the two, the, the, whether there's uh, you know, the, the vertical skew, the horizontal skew, what are the drivers between those uh, components in the calendar, how they behave and how they act. So that's a huge critical component. I'll show a slide later that shows you how much detail he goes into this. And it's, he, he explains it in layman's terms, where it's very easy to understand and actually gives you some formulas uh, to uh, highlight what's actually happening. And then the other sections obviously imply volatility in, in all its various uh, iterations, right? It's, you've got raw implied volatility, say the VIX or the IVX. You've got implied volatility in a calendar typically doing at the money. You got the implied volatility of that, that strike, uh, the DTE of that's going to be very, uh, very different. Uh, the implied volatility will be. And also, as I mentioned, the horizontal skew and vertical skew. What is that? What's the interplay? How much do I need to know about that? Uh, is it important? Is it not important? Total deep dive on that. And then the adjustment tactics, which I've kind of given you guys a little bit of a uh, sneak peek here as to some of the discussion on that. John sets up a calendar and he just calls it a no touch. He's like, what if we do a calendar? There's no adjustment. We just set it and forget it, let it go. And we watch how that, uh, we watch how that calendar behaves. Very simple train. I think there, some people will be surprised if you get in the right environment, how well it can do. Talks about diagonals, how it's a delta, delta correction tool. Um, and then he discusses how that can also stabilize the tip. He discusses well, uh, situations where if the calendar goes bad, how do we mitigate that other than just exiting or panicking out of the trade? Is there something we can do? Um, this goes back to the edge has changed. What can I do to get back in a situation where I can take advantage of a new edge? And then John talks about the risk parameters, if we're going to put a trade together, plan capital, profit, target, max loss. How do you, how do you come up with that? John goes through the very thorough discussion of how you come up with those figures, which are very critical, uh, especially in encounters, because you can have profits that quickly vanish if we're not careful. Um, and then lastly, tons and tons of examples. 
long-term, short-term calendars, and all the things that you need to consider that go along with that. John, I noticed, is there questions as we're going along or are we good to go? We're okay, we're good to go. We just okay. have someone who's, who's asking if we're gonna give some examples and we're gonna be talking about the conclusion yep. to the winning trade. Um, Steven has some examples of some really relevant information here. Uh, and then of course we have the questions and answers which may require some examples I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, great. So here's some common questions and concerns, right? I, I come to the table as from sort of the student perspective, right? Um, and these are some common questions that I have when I was learning about counters, which I'm sure you share the same. So, you know, why are they working so well right now? You know, it's one thing to say, hey, you know, you tell your trading, trading buddy, you know, I kind of found that the calendars are kind of working. I saw somebody do this calendar and, and here's the DTE, the front month and the back month and it's in the SPX, let's go do that. And you just kind of start doing it. And the worst thing can happen is it's winning and you don't really know why, because Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen this so many times before, John, right? You start winning, you have two, three winners in a row, you increase your size, and then wham, it goes apart. It, it, it totally uh, loses on you. Uh, the bottom falls out, and you don't know why. So it's, it's about understanding your edge and understanding the trade. You need to know why they're working well right now. What role does skew play? Like I said before, the horizontal skew, which is, is important. The vertical skew is important. Which one's more important? Depends on the situation. What if the market crashes? You know, what is that going to do to my calendar? Does that mean that they're off the table? Um, how is that going to impact? Is that a good time to enter one? Should I have already been in one? What are the most favorable conditions for entry? That's a real common question, a fair question. And that's something that we definitely want to understand. It goes back to edge. It always comes back to edge, right? Is understanding that. Mm -hmm. Here's one that always uh, flummoxed me for a while is if you've ever traded uh, calendars, you put it on, a couple of days go by, you might, if you look at it and back traders say the last four days, you notice that the break evens where the expiration line crosses the zero line is changing, like in a material way. It could be expanding, could be contracting. It's like the expiration graph is breathing. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Why is that happening? What's driving that? Right. That's right. specifically answered uh, in, in great detail in the course, which is uh, something that you've definitely got to understand because that could be a scary thing when you think you've got, um, you know, your risk is mitigated to up to a certain point in the market. And then all of a sudden you find out that that's very different. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and in fact, you know what, you know, we have a, a question right now or a comment more or less. I just opened a, a call calendar last week of a 39.50 SPX May, August and lost $1,000 in one week, not working so well right now. And it's pretty interesting how we can have, we can have different perspectives on whether calendars are working well. And that's, that goes back to being generalities, right? We have people in our membership doing calendars and making tons of money right now. What's the difference between, you know, this, you know, uh, Andrea, who put on a May August calendar, and this other, you know, other people who are making money in calendars right now, and a lot of it has to do with knowing which time frames to choose, and which right. ones are beneficial. You know, we're in a certain situation in the markets right now. What we'll talk about later, where um, doing shorter term time frame calendars are doing very, very well. But if you go into something like a May August, that's just not that's not a good environment for us right now for that. Right, and also. As you know, John, it depends on when you enter. You know mm -hmm. what, what's happening in the market the day you enter. What's happening to apply volatility or horizontal skew? What's the play off the front month and the back month? So yeah, 
Right. You That's where this type of information starts to make a real big difference. Yeah. All yeah. calendars are not created equal. Put that <laughs> on a sticky yeah. note. I mean, it is, I mean, because a lot of it's driven by, I mean, it's not the most important thing, right? It's not, it's not about understanding. It's not necessarily the DTE, the front month and the DTE spread. When I say DTE mm-hmm. spread, we're talking about the difference between the front and back month, but you do have to have an understanding of that and it can drive different results. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. Freaking, let's go to the next slide. There we go. Okay. So I thought this was kind of interesting from the standpoint that, you know, most of us think of when we're first learning calendars, you know, there's positive negative trade. Right. So they're only you want to put them on when volatility is low and you think there's going to be an event or, or something in the marketplace is going to make implied volatility pop and we're going to make money. And we just keep doing that. Well, this is a chart of the SPX. And the bottom of this arrow is the COVID crash and the market's gone straight up, more or less. Down here, we have implied volatility of the SPX which is more or less the VIX. It's been going down. Well, wait a minute. So positive Vega trade, volatility is going down. Calendars must have gotten crushed from this period of March to August last year. Hmm. Actually, they were unbelievably good. Unbelievably good, especially in the Russell. Um, and so, you know, this positive Vega thing is, is goes back. I told John this many times before, like we're all, you know, it's one thing to discuss theory in the lab, but when you actually go into the field, um, the marketplace, if you will, and really observe what actually is happening, you find out it can be very different. And that's exactly what happens with calendars. I remember John first had a discussion about calendars, I don't know, was it five, six years ago? He's like, yeah, they're not always really positive Vega trades. And everybody was like, wait, what are you talking about? It always says positive Vega on my Yeah, all the textbooks said that, this, and so, I just think that this was very interesting um, dichotomy here that it's not necessarily dependent on, on volatility rising. Okay. I want to see if I could a little video here, John, and I'm going to. Hey, Steven. Play. Yeah. We got two comments in the uh, comment section for you. Okay. Uh, Let's see, we're know. at. Um, like, have oh. you done, uh, you want to read them, Stephen, or I can't? I okay, yeah, just, uh, yeah, go ahead and read it. Yeah, okay. So one says, uh, have you done short AM versus long PM for monthlies? Um, I'm assuming you're saying, and I don't know if this is true, Jeremy, but you can, um, you can correct me if you're wrong. I'm assuming you're saying you're using the same expiration date, but one's an AM option for, for Friday and one's a PM option for um, for Thursday, uh, or, 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 or vice versa, right? Short, a short AM and a long PM, right? Yeah. So you have a long PM for Friday and you have the overnight Thursday. I have not done that. Um, it'd be interesting to see what those fill at and what kind of range you have. I, I, but that might be a good trade when you do it. So I've never done that. Have you done that, Stephen? I haven't. I haven't. Um, that's a very interesting um, uh, concept, though, to look at. I think that would be. It, great, it great is. Point. It might be something that the MMs, you know, the market makers or other players might arb out, but it would be worth looking at. Right, right. For sure. All right. So next it says I've had trouble with calendars lately. Um, 45 to 70, 45, 70 day uh, spread, it looks like. Um, 
they were doing well for a couple of years, but not since mid-February. I assume it was because the vol curve was so steep. I had headwind from the roll down in a far data implied volatility. Um, yeah, so in calendars, as you'll see, everything is about implied volatility and how implied volatility reacts. So um, you're kind of on the right path with that. Um, we need to think about what the back month is going to do versus, or not month necessarily, but the back cycle or the further away from expiration cycle is going to do compared to the closer to expiration cycle. And there's a lot of dynamics in there that I think we'll talk about a little bit later when we talk about an example. But yeah, the wave analogy. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, that just goes back to what we were saying before, right? The, um, the market conditions change, particularly for calendars. Like I can, I can, I can make a broken wing butterfly style trade that I can do for like a, over a period of many, many years and come out with a good outcome almost pretty, you know, pretty consistently almost every year. They can't do that with a calendar. There's too many dynamics going on. There's too many things that have to work out from an implied volatility standpoint or could go wrong from an implied vol volatility standpoint that doesn't really make that a long-term viable strategy. Uh, which comes to the next question, which says, can the no-touch calendar be used as a long-term viable strategy or can it only be traded during specific market conditions? I think a no-touch can be traded in any market conditions, but not under the same rule set, right? So in other words, you couldn't take a 30-day, 60-day calendar and have that specific rule set and trade it no touch through all market, you know, a long term and have it be viable. You'll have periods of time that are just terrible and periods of time that are, are, are good. But you can take a no touch and you can change time frames on it and make right, that right. a viable strategy. But again, you're not using a you're using a dynamic rule set, not something that's rigid. Right. Yeah. And in understanding how these components play on each other is what's going to drive which type of calendar, you know, whether it's long-term or short-term that you can put on. Right. So I wanted to show this example of how a seemingly perfect trade can go, or at least look like it's going really wrong. And without understanding what's happening, um, you could take a loss on a trade when you really didn't have to. So let me play the video of this trade. Let me set this up. So this is Monday, November 2nd, 2020, last year. And we've entered a calendar on that Monday at 1600 and the market's at 1563. I know it's a little bit hard to read. So obviously if the market goes up to the short strikes, this thing should make money. And we're gonna play this and I'm gonna pause it and we'll have a conversation of what's going on in the dynamics. And without understanding how calendars behave, it could really freak you out. So here we are. This is going to go by 30 minute increments. As you can see it up in the right over here. So we're now in the next day. The market's moved to the short strike. It's making money. It's up a thousand bucks, right? Mm -hmm. It's doing great. It's doing great. Wow, this thing's just the perfect trade, right? Right in the center, gaining value. Wait, what, what, what's going on? Wait. Now we're only up 300 bucks. Oh, we're down a thousand bucks. Oh, now we're down <laughs> 2000 bucks. And I don't know what in the world's going on. John, I was up a thousand dollars. The market's not that far from my center strike. 
and now I'm down two grand. That's a $3,000 flip. What is happening? What is going on? I think I better get out, right? Right, right. A three thousand dollar flip and a twelve thousand dollar trade. Boy, that's 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 tough. That's not. That, it, that's not cool. Right. I, I th- yeah. I think I, I. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Now, had I stayed in, let's just see what would have happened. Again, it's going thirty minute increments. This is this is Tuesday the third, and this is going to flip into the next day. Okay, it's the next day. The market hasn't moved much. p and all over the place. Market's up five points, eight points. Wow, the T plus zero line really changed. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. P&L's kind of coming back. Market's only up eight points. Still really pretty close to my center strike. Wow, I'm back up to my thousand. That's 1,100, 2,500 $2, bucks. Wow. So I was up a thousand. I was down two thousand. The market actually didn't really move. It's down four points, and now I'm up twenty five hundred bucks. If you understand how calendars work, if you understand what was causing that T plus zero line to draw down in the absolute center of the tent, you would have been able to stay in the trade until the uncertainty in the market passed and make uh, what is that? almost a 20% return if you decided to exit here. So I thought this was a really great example of how understanding what is causing right. the drawdown yeah, in the calendar. Right, because you need to decide if that drawdown is a concern or not. I mean, sometimes the calendar like you had there will draw down that that $3,000 and it's a major concern. You should probably be hopping out of it. And other times when it draws down like that, there's really no reason for concern. Right. So what's the and difference? No, yeah. <laughs> and, and knowing what's driving it. In other words, is it coming from the back month activity or is it coming from the front month activity? Right. And Alexander said it's coming from the front month activity, which he was, I believe, correct in this case. If we, yes. Yeah. And so that can be, and then John also talks about this extensively in the course. You know, if you have a stop out number in calendars, that's something I have to really consider because that trade could have hit my stop. And I'd have to be out, right? If I'm showing some trade integrity, but if I under, if I don't have a stop, or if I understand what's driving that temporary drawdown, especially when we're in the center of the tent, then I can trade that thing different. So this is this this is some a good example of how a trade could go back even right in the center of the tent, or at least look like it. That's another so example if, of how one might one might back test a trade and it would work out fine, and they'd lose it in live trading. Right. Right. Because they, right, right, right. they, they'd be looking at the calendar during the day. They'd be down 2000. They'd panic out of it. When in reality, there was really no reason to. Oh, it was a great yeah. trade. Yeah. Let's see if I can get this. Uh, okay. Is that the right? Yeah. Okay. So Mythbusters. Great, great. Uh, reality TV show of years past. I thought it was really interesting. There's a lot of myths around calendars, which John's alluded to in his intro. You know, myth number one, calendars are strictly positive Vega trades. What's the reality? It depends. Sometimes it behaves positive Vega. Sometimes it, pay, it behaves like a negative Vega trade. And understanding how the, how the components work 
when we say components, we're talking about the horizontal skew, the implied volatility of the two strikes, the relationship between the two strikes, and the timing between the two strikes. And the critical components you have to understand is it's, it's not always about static implied volatility or contango and backwardation, which some people may or may not be familiar with, but that's the changes uh, of- And it's not just about fixed level either, which I think a lot of people yeah. use for, it's for that. Yeah. not fixed level. It's, it's about the rate of change. How is the backwardation or contango uh, changing and in what direction is it going to? That's, that's the most important component we have to understand in terms of how it behaves as a positive vega or negative vega trade. Because the other myth is calendars get hurt when IB contracts. What's the reality? It depends, right? You can make a ton of money. As a matter of fact, that's one of the more favored ways that I like to trade these is when the IB contracts in a calendar. Right. I think a lot of people who follow me know that I like to put on calendars after a really big down day in the market. Exactly. Volatility spike. You, yeah. You got a little backwardation, you get a spike, you feel like it's temporary. You take advantage of, and in that case, the, the trade behaves like a negative vega trade, like a butterfly. Mm. The third myth, the overall calendar cost drives the success. The reality, you guys see the pattern? It depends, <laughs> right? right? So there's a great example in the course where John gives, he's like, if the front month, um, extrinsic value I'm selling is $20 and the back month is $40, the difference in the two is 20, cost of my calendar is 20 bucks. What if the front month costs, uh, or I can sell the front month extrinsic value for $120 and the back month I buy for $140, the price of the calendar is 20 bucks. However, they're very different trades, very different risk profiles. Mm -hmm. The one that's got the jacked up extrinsic value is gonna give you a much wider tent, a much better risk reward uh, scenario and a different trade completely. So it's it's not just the cost, it's the, I'm gonna say this till we're blue in the face, it's the composition of the cost, it's the components. Right. So with calendar spreads, more than any other trade in my opinion, it is absolutely critical, as I showed you in my little video clip, to truly understand and know your market environment. Because if you don't, you can get really, really burned. And understanding how, imply volatility of the strikes. Again, like John said, it's not necessarily VIX or RVX. It's the implied volatility that you're dealing with and the market flow dynamics. When I say that, I'm talking about the rates of change of the implied volatility. Um, there are clues that we can, we can garner from what's happening in the back month with our trade. Is, is the trade or is the implied volatility moving away uh, or towards contango or backwardation. Those are the critical things we understand. And that's how you adapt to ever-changing conditions and, and finding that edge and, and knowing when it's, when it's changed and then uh, rediscovering where it is. Okay, this was in one of the questions. This, this was a cool analogy John gives in the, in the program. How does implied volatility enter the marketplace? as it relates to hitting the expiration cycles. So, you know, obviously in the SPX and now in the rut, we've got seemingly endless expirations, right? You got Monday, Wednesday, Friday, monthly, quarterly, end of month. So how the, does the implied volatility hit all of those expirations the same? 
Does it hit in varying degrees? Does it depend on other variables of how it happens? It, this analogy of a wave coming in, if implied volatility spikes, well, obviously it's gonna hit the closest cycles. In other words, the ones with the, with the least DTE, if you've got a seven DTE cycles, the closest cycle, implied volatility, if there's some uncertainty or fear in the market, it's gonna hit that. Is it gonna hit the one at 14 DTE, 21, 28, 30? How deep is that penetration? Understanding this wave analogy will give you great insight as to how these trades are gonna behave. And in that video example, what was happening there specifically was, is we had implied volatility, there was a binary event, and somebody probably picked up on it, that was the day of the election. Or was it the day before the election? I can't remember. And that's the video you just showed with the T plus zero line going all over the place. Yes. Yeah. So the wave of implied volatility came in and hit that front month. It did not reach all the way to the back month. In other words, if it had it reached all the way to the back month, it would have been a more of a uniform uh, or a tsunami-like situation where both cycles were getting hit. But I've got a picture of a wave and up top, I got a picture of the beach and think about the wave um, uh, crashing out right in front of the back month. So the implied volatility didn't quite penetrate that far. Understanding that and recognizing that and saying, oh, wow, this is a temporary event in my front month that's impacting my short strike. I could probably stay in this trade. It's a high probability I'm fine. So that is a critical component that John goes over and over and over again and really picks it apart. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a really good thing to look at when you're, when you're looking at calendars. You really need to consider how does implied volatility come into the marketplace and how does it leave the marketplace? And those two things are right there. If you can understand that, you'll do 100% better trading calendars. For sure. Did I have another question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the question is, um, you want me to read, Stephen? Or yeah, go yeah, actually, ahead. It, it's, it's to me anyway. I think um, when you put a calendar on a big down day, are you putting it at the money, or are you leading the market to the upside? Uh, the answer to that would be is would depend on whether or not I have a strong technical bias. So if I don't have a strong technical bias, I usually like to put calendars at the money. Uh, if I have a strong technical bias, I might lead the market. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Yeah, because at that point it's 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 an implied volatility play, in a sense. So you're not it's right. not necessarily delta. This is something interesting. It's worth mentioning now. Delta is less of a concern in a calendar than it is, say, in our more traditional broken wing butterfly butterfly trades. Right, as long as it's not um, excessive delta. Yeah, not and, not yeah with yeah. within the tent. You know, it's not like you're necessarily there are other more primary concerns like we've been touching on. So. As, as it relates to the courts, I wanted to go over the four W's, right? The what, the why, the how, the when. Mm -hmm. These are the specific things that John goes over in the course that you can, that you're going to glean and be able to utilize these spreads in an effective way. What exactly determines calendar cost? I gave you a great example of how a calendar could cost 20 bucks, but the way it's comprised can be very different, which is important to understand which determines the tent width, right? Which, what, what you also want to understand is what determines the price of the option? What is it about the applied volatility? What is it about extrinsic value? We'll go in, you know, John goes into a very important concept is there is no 
intrinsic value in our calendar, the same strike. So what exactly is, is driving the price of that option? There's more than one component. It's not just IV and demand for options, right? So he goes into that detail and I'll show you uh, next slide or two how he breaks that down. What is the difference between vertical and horizontal skew? Horizontal skew? We discussed that, it's very important to understand. In this particular case, horizontal skew is more critical. Um, I think somebody kind of alluded to um, smile or the volatility curve, but we wanna be more specific because there's different kinds of curves we're thinking about, we're talking about and how, how they interplay with each other. What is the theoretical best calendar setup? You're gonna, get, you're gonna go, John goes into depth on that. What are the most important aspects of a good calendar setup? I guess that's pretty much the same thing, but that goes back to finding our edge, understanding. Right now, the short-term stuff is really working well. The long-term stuff's not. We had obviously had an example of have somebody saying, you know, calendars don't really work. Well, it, it depends. What what kind of construction are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are the important aspects that I need to be looking for? Is it risk reward? Is it the horizontal skew? What is it I need to look at for me to be able to determine if this is a proper setup given the current market environment? Why? Let's move to the why. Why does evaluating the front cycle on bikes? back cycle extrinsic value matter. Well, we're giving you a big hint as to how we're peeling this thing apart. Those are the, that's probably the, one of the more critical things to understand. Why does a calendar lose? We talked about that in that little video example I gave you. That was one example of how a calendar loses and understanding that also helps you understand when they win, right? Why is Delta less critical? We alluded to that uh, earlier. Why does a calendar draw down if it's at the center of the tent? Again, we discussed that, but understanding why it draws down in the center of the tent also helps you understand why the thing wins. Exactly. What's driving it? That exactly. can't emphasize that enough, knowing what's causing the calendar to win or lose, because it could be a situation that if it continues to happen, you could pop out of the trade and get into something that takes advantage of the new edge, the new market condition. Hey, Stephen. Yeah, the the, uh, the 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 webinars run a little bit longer than I thought, okay. so we're gonna have okay. some valuable information coming up on um, on the questions and answers, and also reviewing that trade. But before we go any further, I, I just want to quickly talk to people about um, yeah. the offer we're gonna be making, and then we'll we'll stay. I'll stay on as long as you want for for questions, you guys. Okay, so um, so let me just take the screen back for a second. Okay. Um, and uh, we have this course called how to best utilize calendar spreads. And uh, just quickly tell you what's in it, right? So it's how, it's how to understand and best utilize calendar spreads is what we're calling it. Again, it's something that I, I made exclusively for our pro members that we're releasing to the public. It talks about the myths and reality associated with calendars, extrinsic value composition, the dynamics that make up the calendar cost and the tent width, what determines the price of the calendar, the reasons for your expiration line shifts, as well as your T plus zero line shifts, difference between intrinsic and extrinsic delta and value shift, um, how to determine which options are responsible for position shifts, the dynamics that create uh, and shift implied volatility, right? So what actually shifts and creates your implied volatility that's driving your profit and loss? Uh, horizontal and vertical skews, we have a, a good explanation of that and implied volatility itself. Uh, we talk about the most important question to answer or ask when you're considering putting on a calendar spread trade, uh, how implied volatility enters and exits the op options chains. 
conditions when calendars are likely to lose money with implied volatility increases, increases and conditions when calendars are likely to make money with implied volatility increases, when to avoid being in calendars, uh, understanding how analytical software projects your expiration line, which a lot of people don't understand, uh, setting expected profit, profit targets, maximum loss, how to evaluate adjustment strategies, controlling capital, uh, calendar adjustments, multiple examples of winning and losing calendar trades with complete breakdowns of the decision process, which is the most important thing. What is the decision process we're going through as we're entering calendars, as we're exiting calendars or, and or adjusting calendars? Um, we go through double calendars, triple calendars, reverse calendars, calendars as adjustment strategies on uh, butterflies and broken wing butterfly positions. And there's just a whole lot in there. The seven videos over five hours of instruction specifically on calendars. So uh, if you're going to be utilizing calendars at all in your trading, whether it be for adjustments, whether it be for a campaign or a regular income trade, um, this is a, a must have. So um, the retail price, we decided to put this out at it's $12.95. If you're a basic or a non-member, $1,095. For Go members, $9.95. For Pro members, it's only going to be $8.85. Some of our Pro members have access to this who have been with us for a while. Um, newer pro members will have to, you know, it's 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 going to be a purchase for them. But um, but that's what we have there to get started on this. You just go to LockingYourSuccess.com, trading for uh, courses, trading performance courses, and you look for the calendar spreads. If you're a member, you just go into your dashboard and you go to dis your discounts box and you click and you click on that. So let me just show how the general public gets there. We'll get back to our webinar. So this is our main site, lockingyoursuccess.com, trading courses, trading performance courses, how to best utilize calendar spreads. And you can come right in here and this is where all the uh, information is. All right, so I'm gonna put this back over to you, Stephen, and we will continue on. The rest of the, the four W's, right, the how, and John talked about this, and you guys could kind of look at the, the bullet points here, but these are all the cr critical questions that need to be asked that John definitely goes over. But I want to um, highlight to people how John deconstructs the trade piece by piece. It's like taking an engine apart and, and showing you how each component works together. And as you can see this animation we have going on, right? How all the interplay, like whether the planets or this strange diamond thing, and then this, this chemical uh, uh, 3D, 4D, whatever you want to think about it. That's, that's how calendars work. There's so many, it's multi-layered dynamics playing off each other. And that's what we want to understand is what's happening, what's driving what. And this is an example. This is a screenshot of the video series where John is literally pulling this thing apart, right? So he's, let me get my little laser. Here's our front month over here. Here's our back month over here. And he's talking about extrinsic values, the cost, the implied volatility. There's obviously the timing. He's talking about the real estate profits that you'd expect predicated on the tent size what our break-evens are, what's happening with that, talking about extrinsic value, what our knowns and unknowns are. I mean, it's just literally a deconstruction of the whole thing and then putting it back together and understanding how they, they uh, interplay amongst all those components work together. So I thought this was really interesting how specific he is with discussing a calendar trade. Um, 
and John alluded to this earlier, some of the bonus content, John talks about reverse calendars, right? If calendars aren't good, well, it stands to reason the reverse calendars are good. What are the conditions we have to understand um, and uh, parameters of that trade to make that successful? He talks about that. There's a COVID crash trade campaign that John goes through. And this is a screenshot of what this trade was doing on March 16, which we're right in the middle of this crash and is a calendar trade. And as you can see, the thing is up 467% right now. And I don't remember how much capital you had in that trade, John, but I don't think it was more than- uh, well, I whatever. think it was under, it was probably under 50,000. No, it definitely was if you're up 467%. So obviously- well, well, right now it's gonna be less than that. Right now it's gonna be much yeah. less. Right, but, but I think plan the total plan, total plan capital basis. I think we, we had yeah. under fifty thousand. I think this usually what I'll, I'll limit those at, those at. And this is an example of flow trading where we don't have a specific rule set, but we understand what's happening in the market and we're taking advantage of what we're seeing. And as you can see right here, John's constructed the trade where he theoretically has no risk to the downside in the middle of a crashing market. So that's a really great example of uh, trading an extreme market situations and coming away with a gigantic winner. Uh, another hot topic that he touches on is short-term calendars, which is also in the winning trade. Uh, John discusses a little bit different variation of that. And then he also talks about something that a lot of people are familiar with is how calendars are used with broken wing butterflies and how John trades those calendars. Does he stick them on and uh, as some sort of an upside hedge if the market runs away and he just stays with the calendar or is he scalping them? Is he doing a rinse and repeat? So the, all those things, even if you don't really trade calendars and you're primarily a butterfly or broken wing uh, butterfly trader, you can still incorporate calendars. So he goes into the depth on that as well. And that's it, John. We can hit the questions that are in the uh, posted here. And Let, let's maybe... do this. Let's yep. do... Um... Let me just go over the winning trade information, and then we yeah. will do, do uh, some calendars. We'll talk about this set trade setup and so forth. So let me share my screen. I'm going to share. We got it. Let, let's talk about this. So if you watch the winning trade, I think we ended on the 16th. But let's go back to the beginning here. This is the sixth trade that I did in a row, right? Uh, I was doing 15 days to expiration, and well, let's let's go take a look here. Let's go back to trade log and go to selected date. And okay, so th this is the start. So we are, let's see, uh, 15 days to expiration, in this case, 18 expiration, days to expiration. We're doing a three day uh, spread on the calendar. So it's a really, really narrow spread. Now, one of the things that's happening in today's environment, and one of the reasons why, um, you know, not they're not all working out, obviously, but uh, the probability of uh, really short-term calendars, especially with narrow spreads, uh, are very good right now. And they're generally doing well. Part of the reason is, is if you've been watching the options pricing pretty much since the COVID crash, we have our front cycle or our close to expiration cycle is holding its value very, very well right up until the last couple of days before expiration, right? Um, that being the case, that gives us an opportunity to do a short spread because 
at expiration, this still has three days left. And chances are the back month is still going to hold its value. That's one of the things that we talk about in the class is, you know, everybody looks at whether or not the market's in backwardation or, or the cost of the front month cycle and all that, that type of thing. But reality with a calendar, it's the back month cycle, what that is expected to do from an applied volatility standpoint is actually most of the time more important than what the front month is doing. The front, Because what the front month does is we know if, if we're gonna hold a, a calendar into expiration, we know the front month implied volatility is going to zero. What we don't know is where the back month implied volatility is gonna be when it gets there or through the duration of the champagne. And it's this back month implied volatility that's going to control the height of your tent and also has a lot of um, input on what your ultimate profit and loss is gonna be with the position when it expires. So this is more of a unique situation. Uh, when we look into the questions, one of the questions that we had was, hey, I tried this before the COVID crash and, um, and this strategy didn't work well. And the answer would be, my answer to that would be yes, of course it didn't work well. Um, take a look at the implied volatility structure. Take a look at what these front month options were doing and you know how long were the options holding their value. What was happening before the COVID is this back month only being three days to expiration when my front, uh, I should say back cycle, uh, when this back cycle only being three days to expiration when my front cycle expires, I was getting literally the back month would collapse in implied volatility. If that collapses implied volatility, you're almost certainly going to lose the calendar. It's just one of the critical aspects of winning calendars is having a, some sort of stability in your back month or your back cycle options. So, so that wouldn't happen. So we have that unique case right now. I don't even have to be 15 days to expiration. When I pulled out this rule set, this uh, little mini set of rule sets, which is even a little bit loose, but, um, I just took five minutes and I said, look, this is what's happening in the marketplace. We have a situation where implied volatility is staying incredibly high right up until our expiration point, right? We have a situation where uh, we know our front options going to zero implied volatility. That's gonna give us a, um, a situation where we have a very high tent for the days to expiration. Um, if I get a impact in the marketplace here, you know, say we get a big down move in the marketplace. I'm protected because my expiration cycles are so close. If I get a jack up in my March um, one here, it's very, very likely it's also going to hit my uh, my March 26th. It's also very, very likely I'm going to hit my March 24th or 29th or whatever, uh, whatever this is, right? It's going to hit the option cycle three days later. If I'm in the March here and I'm in next March or a leap for my long strike, well, that's a different story, right? We could have a very large increase in implied volatility in um, this 15 data expiration cycle and have absolutely no impact or even the opposite impact on something that's very far from expiration. So we wanna make sure, you know, so, so the situation that we have right now is very um, uh, favorable for this type of a position, as long as we don't get too much market movement and as long as we can continue to re-enter it this way if we're doing some sort of an adjustment. So those are, are sort of the demand, you know, from a very uh, general perspective, those are sort of the dynamics we're dealing with right now. So with this, 
um, so, and, and, and I just said, well, this should work, right? So, uh, and then I just did them for the winning trade. And when I did them for the winning trade, by the way, I did not know how the outcome of them were gonna be. In other words, I didn't, I didn't know ahead of time. So, and as I didn't know how the outcome of this one was gonna be, because I couldn't have known because I recorded it on the 16th, I think. Right, so this is what we have on the 16th. What we're doing here is we're just waiting till we hit the break-evens. If we go outside the break-evens, we're just repositioning the calendar and we're not even gonna bother repositioning the calendar if it goes too far. Uh, if we can't get a good, what we call risk reward ratio in the trade. So this is just, and you can watch the winning trade to see the rest of it, but this is essentially how the rest of this went. All right. And then we have here, right? So I'm not checking anything intraday or the middle of the day. This is what we look like four days, three days, and then um, two days, right? Where we're hanging kind of in the head here. And then we have the 25th. Um, where we essentially just pulled this off. Now, remember during the day, right, we had a move all the way down into here and then we kind of retraced a little bit. Now, when I'm doing this type of a calendar strategy, I don't have a stop off. Remember I had a $7,000 planned capital on this with a $7,000 um, $7, maximum loss, which is not possible to hit. So there would be no exit, right? And you just hold it to here. And this being a weekly, I could take it into the following day. If I take it into the following day, it just so happens that um, we had an up day and um, we had an up day and it would have worked out um, really well, actually. It would have got over $6,000 for our $3,000 of risk that we had in the trade. So that's a 200% on actual risk, right? So let's go back. That's, that's what it could have been. Now, that said, the market could have also gone the other way, right? It could have also gone the other way and we could have ended up taking the total loss in the position. As a matter of fact, if you take um, on this here, the reason I exited a day early is just because uh, I'm so used to using the monthly cycles in our, um, in our examples that I just assumed it was a monthly cycle, even though it was a weekly, right? This is just an omission on my part. Um, and I just exited one day to expiration because I figured it was expiring. We don't want to hold a calendar through expiration because it leaves us with a long option that we could have a lot of risk on. There are ways to get around that. In other words, you can, you can do certain techniques to do that, which we, I think we talked about in the class. I would imagine I do, um, uh, to get around that so that you can expire these but um, normally we wouldn't, okay? All right, so that is the example. We'll call this a $780 win for that winning trade example. So let's just jump over to uh, questions uh, from the forum first, and then we'll go uh, to the next thing. So if I go to here, um, Okay, so this is tremendous. I have two questions. Do you always close the trade before expiration day uh, at the latest or never on expiration day? So again, uh, typically we would go into expiration day. Uh, I would never, I would not expire the trade. Uh, my thoughts or my thought on this trade, on this campaign I did or the example I did is just that I, I, I wasn't thinking that I was in the, the weekly options. So that's why they were closed early. If we did close them at, um, 
normal time. I think one of our $6,000 winners ended up to be a, like a thousand dollar loser. And that last $700 um, dollar trade ended up turning out to be a, um, like a $6,000 winner, right? So it's not gonna necessarily make a difference in the, the results over a long period of time, but trade to trade, you know, you'll get differences because we have this really big, um, this really big gamma on the position. So if you get a bad move in the day, it can be a challenge, okay? Um, why is this particular strategy good now uh, as, uh, as maybe another time? Can it be used in all market times or just VIX around 20? Um, like I was saying earlier, this type of strategy would not do very well uh, pre-COVID. It's very unlikely you'd do well. I mean, there, there were probably periods of time where it would do well, but pre-COVID generally it wouldn't. We don't know how long these conditions are gonna last, but like I said, it's about understanding your market environment and what's going to work when. Um, so that's as far as being used in all market times. Again, we need to be able to be adaptable with our calendars. Um, as far as VIX around 20, you're gonna find out that VIX is a totally, almost a totally irrelevant number as it comes to calendars. I know everybody focuses on this uh, and even almost in butterflies as well. Um, the VIX number is just a very general number of a, at a single point, right? Um, implied volatility skew, implied volatility expectations, uh, you know, horizontal skew as well as vertical skew, all those things are much, much more important than implied volatility. Uh, I, I really don't pay attention to VIX. I back tested the strategy prior to the pandemic and the results are not that good. Well, that's not a surprise, right? As we've been talking. Not a very good risk reward ratio to start and many adjustments along the way, which make the risk reward worse. Uh, yes, that's true. That's why I titled it uh, Understanding the Market Environment. Um, so it does have to do with volatility and volatility today is much, much different than it was um, before COVID. And it was, and it's also much different and it's even exponentially more different than it was say in 2014, 2013. So we do have those. Um, uh, I noticed uh, that the post, uh, that the IV post pandemic is higher on the short than it is on the put, right? That is um, the market being in backwardation. So that's uh, generally backwardation is usually more favorable for calendars, not always, but usually more favorable. Um, that was just the opposite of pre-pandemic. Yep, um, pre-pandemic, the market was mostly in contango. Uh, could you elaborate a little more on what the market conditions most favorable to calendars? Uh, I think we talked about that in, in the webinar some, but generally you want conditions where um, your back month is likely to be stable or rising, or your front month um, usually in backwardation, I, I would like to have the, the um, market in backwardation and have the front months down. Because what happens with calendars, right? And this goes back to the wave analogy is implied volatility comes in, it hits the front month. That's going to increase the extrinsic value in the short of your calendar. A lot of times it doesn't really hit the back cycle. At that point, your calendar acts like a negative Vega trade, right? It loses money with the implied volatility increase. From there, generally one of two things is gonna happen. Either the wave goes out, the implied volatility drops in the front month and you make money on your T plus zero line, or the wave keeps coming in, it hits the back month and it raises your, expir your expiration graph and your T plus zero line. 
that's typically the type of dynamics that you're looking at, right? That's, that's kind of like the way to look at it if you're going to picture it in your head about how things are going. And either way, it's it's kind of a win-win as long as the price movement isn't so um, so large that it takes away that advantage, right? So you have dis you have advantages and disadvantages. Being in backwardation on entry on a calendar is an advantage. Having a high uh, a stable back month is an advantage. Having a, a rising back month value is even a bigger advantage. Okay, price movement is going to be in a disadvantage if it's big, right? If you have if you have small price movement, that's also an advantage. But you know you can play your advantages and disadvantages off of each other. Um, uh, so that's essentially what it is, right? Um, will the webinar cover ideal market conditions for calendar entry? We kind of talked about that. Um, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics to that, so we did cover some of them, uh, much more detail inside the class. Um, I wanted to add the following question: How important is implied vol uh, the volatility smile in the process of picking the right vehicles and the right expirations? Yeah, so implied volatility smile is extremely important with butterflies. Uh, type of trades. Um, smile doesn't really matter as much. Uh, I'm kind of thinking about this um, in calendars because you have the same strike, right? A smile a lot of times on both months is similar, right? But you have to think about how the volatility in one is going to play off the other. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, I back tested calendars, especially double and especially double diagonals, to check the correlation between rut movements and RVX. It was interesting to see that there were situations where RVX would increase and the calendars and diagonals would lose money. Oh my goodness, right? We've already talked about that. That is something that happens with the dynamics of calendars. So we have to remember that. Um, when my expectation was to make money, I think John mentioned this in one of his courses. In fact, it's all related to specific IVs uh, of expiration dates, not the overall RVX, right? The overall RVX is not all that relevant to whether your calendar makes money or not. Um, the question is, uh, are these moves and volatility different of the different expiration dates predictable in any way, or at least is there any correlation um, with the volatility of the indexes? Um, they are somewhat predictable. They're predictable like price movements. They're predictable from a probability standpoint, right? So we get into our charting and technical analysis, and we talk about you know, maybe we broke a cup and handle pattern and it's, and it's pretty predictable where the market's likely to go because we set our price pattern targets. And we can, we can, we can make probabilities of what the um, market movement is likely to do. We can do the same thing with implied volatility. We look at it a little differently. We have to think about what affects implied volatility. Um, of course, technicals affect implied volatility. If we get a break of technicals to the downside, that's usually a surprise to the market, and that's going to create implied volatility increase. We have an idea of how that implied volatility is going to come, increase is going to come into the marketplace. We have implied volatility shifts due to news, which we don't know. We have no way of, um, and we kind of have we have some news that we know about, but there's news surprise news events that we have no way of knowing about. Um, but once those surprise news events are, are out, we can predict how the implied volatility is likely to come back out of the market. So, so yes, there are ways of doing that. Um, 
the specialist course for that would be Ultimate Income Trader. So we have a, a course called Ultimate Income Trader. It's a trader performance course. It talks all about market psychology and the dynamics that drive implied volatility. It's a two-day seminar. So, um, so that's where you would find the most information on that. So let's go to the chat questions. I, uh, I've been answering those, John. You um, have? Okay, good. And I believe I am caught up. If there are any other, if there are questions that I missed or any other ones, please post. Okay. okay let me let me take a look at what's there. There's um, a new one there at the bottom. All right. So, using toss AM option, you need to be careful because they have a glitch that if you have a short AM option and a weekly long, when you import the trade into Analyzer, it would change the weekly to an AM. Okay, yeah, so that's a that's good information, Randy. Thank you for uh, pointing that out. Uh, I wonder if it's the same case for uh, if you're using it in Option View or Thinkorswim uh, or um, or Option Explorer. Yeah, they, on that, John, there's been a lot of questions around: Do we need Option View? Do we need Doany? And I've just recommended, you know, or can we just use Toss? Um, I've given my thoughts on that. You might want to touch on what you think about that. Yeah, let me just review this here. We have a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, okay. We answered that. Do I buy leaps? Um, do you buy leaps and continue to sell and roll earlier months or receive credit along the way, right? So that's a very, oh, I hate to say this word, amateurish way of looking at trading. Um, when we, when we look at the dynamics of a calendar, it's all about how the front cycle dynamics are playing around with the back cycle dynamics. I mean, just buying a leap and, and selling short-term credit off it, I mean, you can do okay doing that, but it's certainly not the most efficient way to trade, right? You want to get much more in depth and in detail on your analysis of implied volatility and where your edge and advantage, advantages are in the marketplace and use it that way. And it's not capital efficient at all. You're paying, you know, 10 grand for the back month or whatever it is. Well, they're huge positions, right? 50 cents. Yeah. In the front. Right. And, and you have is. to look at, right. Cause that right now we're in pandemic land and there's probably a lot of implied volatility and options that are even a year out right now because there's so much uncertainty in the world. And if this thing calms down and the ad uncertainty goes away, you're going to get crushed in that year long option. The implied volatility is going to come out of it. And like we were saying before, one of the most important aspects is, is that back option going to hold its value or its implied volatility or extrinsic value uh, for the duration of your campaigns. And if it doesn't, it's going to be awful hard to make up that loss. Yeah, John, these questions you're going through now, I've addressed them. Unless you want to go over them again, you might want to catch the new ones that have come at the bottom because I've I've addressed all the ones. Okay. Well, um, I just like to look through them. On the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. So I, I, people can't see these. So, uh, well, you can see it. Go look in the chat and Stephen answer the questions. I suppose if you have other questions on them. Just specific to that person. I've, I've responded to that. Uh, oh, to okay. Question. So you didn't do it for everybody. Okay. Well, no. Yeah, they can't see it, but at least... Uh, that person got their question answered. Um, okay, well, let's see if there's anything uh, particularly interesting we want to share with everybody. Well, that's um, what I was saying. One was people are asking if I only have Thinkorswim, can I trade these or do I need O&E or Option View? Right, right, right. And realistically, 
you can trade them with thinkorswim that's not a problem um you i really strongly recommend doing back testing and having analytical software for uh, performance and uh analyzation right so to check your how you how you traded but um but technically you don't need it no um i'm working my way through m3 course uh with plans to study bearish butterfly and the rock, should I take this calendar course now or wait till later? Um, I think this is relevant information for everybody because you're gonna learn so much about implied volatility and the way it reacts with this class that you can also apply it to some of the other stuff. So I think this course would be good for that. Um, great timing. Okay, so th thank, you for, um, thank you for those comments. Uh, on the short-term calendar, what has been your average day in trade? Okay, so the short-term calendar I was doing, Randy, we were doing 15 days. It was 14 or 15 days for, for those. Um, caller puts doesn't matter. Oh, oh, right. So, uh, okay, you're just, somebody asked about whether they should do put calendars or call calendars. It doesn't matter. It's synthetically the same. Um, there are reasons why you might want to do a put calendar over a call calendar. Sometimes there's cost divergences or something that you can maybe take advantage of. And other times there's, um, uh, if you plan on taking it into expiration, you can have some call calendars and some put calendars so that when you expire one, you can kind of be in a straddle rather than being exposed directionally. Um, and let's see, what, what do we have this new Stephen? We have two new down the bottom. Let me check these. Um, Do you have any courses on back testing? I have O and E, but I'm, but I'm quite slow. Not sure if there are tricks to doing it faster. Um, I don't have a. Well, I have, we have courses on how to properly back test, um, but we don't have courses on how to utilize the analyze, uh, how to, how to um, use the back testing software itself. Right. So in other words, um, it sounds like you're looking for how to use the back testing software itself. So I don't have it. I mean, just fumble through it. You'll, you'll learn it. You'll get faster at it. It's, it's really not that difficult. Yeah. See, Neil, you might look in, on YouTube and see if there's videos specifically around O&E and how to navigate it. Right. Right. And then once you get good at that, you might want to take a look at some of the stuff we have on back testing. Like we have an APM squared and um, stuff like that. Um, question is, why don't you believe in slippage when live trading? Um, it's not that I don't believe in slippage. It's that um, people make like to make an assumption that when they do back trading in, say, um, option view, for example, that whenever they make an execution, their execution is going to be worse than what the analytical software said. Um, and my answer to that is that's not correct. If you go back, right? So we do these things called trade debriefs and I trade a lot of contracts, right? And we have students that do this. And one of the things you do during a trade debrief is you go in and you just execute the trade as is in the analytical software. And you can compare, and you compare your execution prices to what the analytical, your, your live execution prices to what the analytical software is. And oftentimes they're not the same. Most of the time they're not, but they're not consistently one way or the other either, 
right? In other words, sometimes I do substantially better than what the analytical software is telling me. Sometimes I do substantially worse than what the analytical software is telling me. And if you even it all out, it comes out to pretty darn close to what the analytical software is. And that, by that, I mean taking a trading strategy that you traded for five years in the analytical software versus live trading, the execution prices are virtually on average or nearly identical. So putting yourself or saying to yourself that I'm gonna have a certain amount of slippage based on what the analytical software is converting this stuff at, at is, isn't really realistic, right? So we wanna make sure that we, um, um, we're aware of that, right? And uh, I guess that's, that's my explanation for it. So, and then anything else, Stephen? Um, he says you, he was on his iPad and ran out of battery. Oh, you answered a question. Uh, how long it takes. Yeah, I mean, it, depending on the situation, he's talking about how long does it take to see an environment change. You know, if you're in a calendar spread, you, it's pretty um, easy to see if the, if the trade is drastically going against you and it's not because of an extreme market move or uh, due to the front month. You can see changes in the back month. Um, you can see changes in the um, contango or backwardation. Sometimes it's, you know, it could take a couple of weeks before you say, okay, yeah, we're in a different environment. But if you're pretty, if you're astute and you know what to look for and observe, I think you can identify a, a character change within uh, days or at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can identify them the same day. And you know, yeah. we even talk about this in our pro membership, right? Where we have um, like a version 22X4 run, for example. And you can mm. just, within two days, you know that trade's not gonna work out, right? Or, or, or you know that the implied volatility situation is starting to work against you. And yeah. the probabilities of that trade are, are losing. And, and we can pick up on that pretty quickly with calendars too. But I mean, it takes some practice, right? But, um, but it can certainly be done. And I think that's all we have for questions. Unless somebody else posts something else in. There's one more. Is, is there a best time in the day to place calendar spreads? Uh, <laughs> right. This goes back to um, yeah, time of day stuff. I mean, I mean, I'll let you answer it if you want, Stephen, or I can answer it. But yeah, for me, it's just it's simple, right? Eliminate the noise. I enter trades, adjust trades, and traditionally exit trades 30 minutes before the cash close. So end of the day, whatever it is, it is. Now, if I'm trying to take advantage of a specific technical analysis situation, I might enter it differently, but I think the consistency of doing the same thing every day just eliminates a lot of the noise. Now there's not necessarily a best time. If you've been watching, if there's a specific calendar you wanna enter and you've been watching price recently and you see it drop, yeah, I would take advantage of that in the morning. But if it's something that I'm not necessarily concerned about, then I just do it at the end of the day. Right. And the other thing, and, and I, I'd, I'd add to that, like if you're, if I like to watch the pricing of the spreads and yeah. attempt to enter it when I get good value on, on the spread relative to what it has been lately. So you, if I know I'm gonna, if I'm looking at a particular spread, I, I can either look at it and back tester to see what it was going for the day before. I can look at it and back tester to see what's been going for earlier in the day. If, I'm, if I have option view, I can't do that in O&E, unfortunately. But if I have a good sense of what that spread's going for and it starts, it's starting to really get crushed for some reason, uh, I'll attempt to get in it 
but that has nothing to do with a particular time of day. That's just monitoring and knowing when you're opportunity, you know, watching for opportunity and taking advantage of it when it happens. Other than that, I don't think it really matters what time of day you enter. If you don't have any other reason for that. So, uh, but that's my thoughts on that. All right. So uh, remember everybody here, we have this special sale going on through April 12th. Uh, $8.95 for pro members, $9.95 for go members, and $10.95 for basic members. I encourage you to do that. Again, go to lockinyoursuccess.com and let me just go in here, lockinyoursuccess.com and go to trading courses, trading performance courses, and then how to best utilize calendar spreads. And you can get there now. Also a reminder, our Go membership is open um, for another day. So if you're interested in that, then please come on over and check us out as well as, uh, as the other memberships. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you for your, your help, Stephen. Yeah, thanks, John. And, and we will see you guys very soon. Trade well, everyone.